You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. that you do not deserve the overwhelming reckless love of God I want you to just thank him I want you to praise him wherever you are I want you to just give him all the glory thank him for all that he is all that he has done because we are all so undeserving of his love and yet he pours it out to us endlessly and it continues to overflow in our lives if you have at least one reason to be thankful to God this evening I want you to raise your voice up to heavens and let the heavens hear you thanking him for all that he has done for you thank him because you are undeserving and yet he loves you yet he keeps you thank him for every single thing that he has done the ones that you see the ones that you do not see the ones that you appreciate him for and the ones that you forget to even say thank you just thank him for everything thank him bless his holy name thank him thank him for all that he is to you for all that he is to your family to your loved ones for your job for every single thing that the lord has given to you do not take it for granted just tell him thank you in any way that you can father we just say thank you for everything we thank you for your love we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for all that you are to us, all that you've done for us. We give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. We thank you because we know that the eyes of our hearts will be open tonight as we listen to your word, Lord. And I pray that you give me the utterance of all that you want me to say. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. All right. Can we all be seated, please? Good evening, everyone. Good evening. I just thought maybe I should come down here since... We're just, you know, we're just few. Why just be all, all the way up on the stage? Okay, so hi everyone, good evening. Um, I'm going to be speaking about the power of visioning. Now, this was actually supposed to be a vision board exercise, but we didn't have um, enough time to plan it properly, so we couldn't actually do it. So what I'm going to try to do is, I'm going to give a scriptural perspective of visioning, and then I'm going to give you a few steps to creating your personal vision board. Did I just say personal? Your personal <laughs> vision board, and then we're going to pray, because at the end of the day, every single thing to do with vision and our heart and what we see is actually from God, because like um, Busayo said when he was praying, we're not talking about physical vision, we're talking about what you see inside of your heart, right? All right. Okay, so let me just start this way. I'll start with a story. If you know me, you know I'm a storyteller. I love to tell stories, so you have to just bear with me. Okay, so a few years ago, let me see, about maybe like five, no, it was more than five, could not have been five. Ah, this is a long time ago. Maybe like 10 years ago, right? Um, so on paper, according to the Nigerian paper, you know, that paper that says you have a job, you are married, you have a child, you know, all those Nigerian checklist things that your whole family is happy that you have, you know. I had all those things checklist, but then I felt a real, like, emptiness, and it was very weird. In fact, it's weird to describe or explain to anybody who is above a certain age in Nigeria, when you are married, you have a job and you have a child, that you have emptiness. Who agrees with me? Okay, I agree with myself, if you guys don't want to agree with me, because in Nigeria, you know, once you... Uh, you have a job, you are married, you have a child. Okay, is it that you want another? You know, it's always like everything has to do with like a thing. Do you understand? Like most of us are aspiring for things. And then when we get to those things, it's like, okay, so what's next? Anyway, so I had this emptiness inside of me. And it was very weird. I, I couldn't actually, um, I couldn't explain it to anyone. Because I myself, I was a bit confused by it. But I just know that I felt an emptiness. Now, it's weird because obviously, you know, if you tell anybody, they will say, ah, are you, you know, are you sad about something? Did something happen to your husband, to your child? You know, it's always about things like that. Your job, do you want a new job? Things like that. But that wasn't what it was. What it was was God actually pursuing me and me not 
realizing at that point in time that it was God that was nudging my heart, right? Now, I then began to go on a search for what I call a search for purpose. So I thought, okay, you know what? I don't know what's wrong with me, but there's something missing, so I'm going to start searching for it. So I now started harassing everybody I knew, my friends, my family. They should answer some questionnaires, what they think about me, my personality type, what I'm good at, my strengths, my weaknesses. I was a real bugaboo. It's bugaboo. That's an old song, right? People here don't know what bugaboo is. Bimbo, you know what bugaboo is. Busola, you know what bugaboo is. Destiny's Child, you know. Okay, you, you guys don't know what bugaboo is. Ah, there's a few people that know, hey, people born in the 80s, hi. Wow, you guys are like <laughs> a different generation entirely. Anyway, I was a bugaboo to everybody around me, just asking questions. You know, what do you think about, about my personality? You know, just all these things, trying to figure out my strengths and my weaknesses. And then, while I was bugging everybody, I'm sure God was just looking at me and just saying, continue. So I kept bugging people, and I got to a place where I felt like, okay, I know myself a bit better. But that still did not answer the question of what I was looking for. In fact, on Sunday, when the um, pastor preached, he said something that was so apt. He said, the goal is not about finding your purpose, but to follow God. How many of us were here on Sunday and heard that awesome message? When he said that, it was such an epiphany for me because that's exactly what happened to me. You know, when I was on this journey of trying to find my purpose, like maybe it was missing, like maybe, I don't know, somebody stole it and ran away with it. I was just confused. But when I started to seek God first, like seek first the kingdom of God, I kid you not, things started to align. And I know that it sounds, you know, it sounds cliche, it sounds corny, like, yeah, sure, that's what they all say. But that's exactly what happened to me. When I stopped focusing on myself and the things that were, you know, me and trying to figure out, oh, what am I good at? What am I great at? What did God create me for per se? I started to seek God and follow God and walk with him more. I began to unfold into a journey of purpose. So first of all, let me start by saying this. Purpose is not a journey. It is a destination. Ah, is that correct? Purpose is a journey, not a destination. Sorry, you know, today is Wednesday. I went to work, you know, like, I went to work, Lagos traffic, there was an explosion by my office. You know, this is so much stuff has happened. So if I make some mistakes, allow me to correct myself. Purpose is a journey and not a destination. Whoever is editing the, um, the sound, make sure you take, take that part out. It's actually a journey. It is not a one-size-fits-all. It's not you know, it means to an end. It is actually a journey that is going to take your whole life for you to continue to discover it and discover it. That's why you will see some people who are 80 years old and they still have all this energy and they're still going after their lives because they are still on that journey of discovering purpose. And they don't see it as, oh, you know, I've done this thing, so I've achieved my purpose. Oh, I've had children. That's my purpose. Oh, I had this great job. I became the CEO. That's, no, it's actually a journey. And it's a, you know, it's a whole bunch of different pieces that kind of come together. So... Um, the other thing that I would like to say is that most of us have a nudge or an emptiness in our hearts. How, how many of us have that randomly, where you just feel like there's this emptiness, there's a nudge for you to do something, you have a desire to do something interesting, and you can't even explain it. Okay, there's a few people here. So I'm going to give you some scriptural examples of some people like you who had that nudge and kind of show you how that kind of leads to your purpose ultimately and even helps you with your visioning. So ultimately... Um, there's a nudge in your heart that you can't explain. There's a feeling that is just like, okay, why am I feeling this way? Let me use Moses as, a, as, as an example. So all of us know the story of Moses, right? Moses was chilling in a very fine, I mean, this is like Levels Palace. It's not like any palace any of us have ever seen. Some of us go to Banana Island, we think that we're seeing palace. Moses' palace was like levels above that, you know. And he had this nudge in his heart. He couldn't explain it, right? And the next thing he knows, he's killing an Egyptian to save Israelites. 
you know, and then he escapes and all that stuff. What happens to Moses is actually what happens to a lot of people. The only difference is that Moses, I think, actually followed the nudge in his heart that was ultimately going to lead him to his ultimate purpose. So Moses had that nudge, and you know, we all know the journey and the story. Now, the other thing about Moses that I would like to say about concerning visioning is this. Now, Moses had no idea what, like where he was going, right? So God showed up to him and told him this and that. But the point of this is that if you are not able to imagine, right, or envision what God is saying to you, then you actually can't do anything. So Moses was able to go on this journey to go and get the Israelites out of Egypt. Why? Because what God told him, he actually saw it in his eyes. So he saw it with his spiritual eyes and not with his physical eyes. Because guess what? Physically, there was no chance that that made any sense. Did it make any sense that he is literally in Egypt where there's all the... I mean, just imagine being somewhere with all kinds of guards and soldiers and army and all those people with, you know, their weapons, their spears and all that. And he's like, I'm going to get my people out of here. I don't understand, Oga. Are you, like, it's all well with you. You really get which people out of here. But he believed what God told him. And even though he hadn't actually seen a physical manifestation of what he wanted to do or what God had laid in his heart, he went after it because he could see it in his heart. So really, the first part of visioning is you being able to see whatever it is that God is asking you to do in your heart. Now, most times, it sounds crazy, right? Everybody around you is like, okay, so Moses, you have decided that you want to leave the palace, very nice palace. You want to go, and you want to go up against, like, the whole army of Egypt. And you guys know that back in those days, the army of Egypt was like, I mean, was like the army of Egypt. That was a really serious army. But this guy was just on his own, just going for it, because he had seen it in his eyes. He had caught onto the vision that God had given to him, and off he went. Another good example of somebody who, you know, in spite of all, could not, well, went forth with vision is Esther. How many of us know the story of Esther? 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 Okay, hi. Excellent. Esther. Esther's story is so interesting to me, because Esther was literally just... A maiden, a maiden. In the days when you know they would pick hundreds, hundreds of maidens and you know clean them up, dress them up, and ask the king to pick one. But Esther, via her uncle Mordecai, knew that she could save her people. How? Can you imagine going to? So I'm from Ocean State, from a village with very red sand. I can't imagine somebody going to my village and saying, "Comfort." I don't even know name whoever. Comfort, Binkwe. We are taking you to Egypt, or we are taking you to London, or wherever. I are going to save all the Yoruba people. Really? I think maybe Bingpei will be like, please just leave me in this village. I'm very okay. I did not send you. Go for it. But imagine Bingpei having that vision in her heart and catching on to it and literally saving her whole race. As in saving all the Yoruba people or all the Igbo people, all the Hausa people. Isn't that amazing? So the thing about vision is that we have to understand that it's bigger than us. It's way, way bigger than us. In fact, if your vision is something that you can achieve easily, I dare say that it's not really, I mean, it's not a vision, but it's like low-grade vision, in my opinion. Because you can do it on your own. You know, everybody around you can help you do it. But it has to be something that is way bigger than you. Okay. So I have a few scriptures that um, I want to share concerning this. There's a scripture in Genesis 11.6 that says, Genesis 11.6, please. Um, this is about the Tower of Babel. It says, the people are united and speak one language. After this, nothing they imagine will be impossible for them. Now, the reason I like this scripture is that this scripture shows that even God himself knows that when people are visioning, there's a lot of power. Because what he's essentially saying here is that when these people come together with the same language and are able to imagine, also known as envision, 
there's nothing that will be impossible for them. Because our imagination is so powerful, but many of us don't know that. And this is actually why God then went and scattered all the languages, and now we're all here with all our different one million languages, right? Because God was like, if these guys come together, they're going to envision something, and it's not going to be impossible for them to achieve it. So let's think about faith, right, in connection to visioning. What is faith? This is an interactive class. What's faith? Faith, what is faith? Bimbo, what is faith? What's faith? Anybody? Okay. Anybody else? Faith. Louder, please. Anybody? Faith. What is faith? Just throw out words. Faith. What is faith? Can you see faith? Can you see it? Not a person named faith. You understand what I mean? But can you see faith? Can you? Okay. Some people here can see. Some people cannot see. Some people have special vision. Okay. Generally speaking, we cannot see faith, right? But we are called to have faith, right? In fact, the Bible goes very, very deep about what we should be doing with our faith. But you can't actually see your faith. You can't, I can't say to be, oh, Bimbo, Bimbo is my faith. Like, how? Unless maybe her name is faith. But really, like, you can't actually see your faith. But yet, we have faith. But we have faith that we cannot see. And we're able to believe for things. But then when it comes to visioning for ourselves, for our lives, for our future, we have a bit of a hard time doing it. Yet, we have faith. So is there a connection between faith and vision? Do we think so? Yeah? Why? Why is there a connection? There's a prize. In heaven. Ha <laughs> ha. What's the connection between faith and vision? You guys need to give me life, man. Like, I'm sorry? You, you need faith to see excellence. And you need that same faith to envision. Or you need, at least, you shall need the, the internal seeing. But, but that faith you are using to see, is it physical seeing? Yeah, because you can't actually see it. Like when Sarah was believing for a baby, could she, I mean, could she see the baby in the physical? Or could she go and see somebody's baby and say, hey, you, God said I'm going to have a baby, you're my baby. No, she actually had to just believe that God had planted that seed in her heart and had the faith to see it. So when we look at so many people that are in the scripture, which is really, you know, our guidebook, we see that without their faith, with, we, without their envisioning, they were not actually able to achieve anything. So let's talk about my boy Nehemiah. How many of you guys like Nehemiah? I like Nehemiah. Ah, Nehemiah? You guys don't like Nehemiah? Okay, I'm not going to talk about him because he's, he's upset. I'm just kidding. Nehemiah is a really good story to read. I think if you are in the business world, if you have a career, just go and read Nehemiah. There are so many things to learn from his story. This guy, at the beginning of Nehemiah, just felt like rebuilding the wall. He didn't even know where he came from. Please, can you put up Nehemiah 1? Hopefully, that's where it is, because I'm not sure. But literally, like, he just had a nudge in his heart. The wall has been damaged. You know, like these things, I feel like it should be like a movie, like, the walls have been damaged. I am so sad. I must rebuild the walls for my people. No, 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 no. Please help me find the part where he had in his heart, he was really heavy about the walls being damaged and he wanted to rebuild the walls. Summary of it is that Nehemiah, from nowhere, just felt a burden to rebuild the walls. He was, I mean, he was so burdened that, his, that the king who he was copbearer from was like, ah, Nehemiah, you're always smiling. Nehe, you're always smiling. Here you are now. You are just sad. Why are you sad, Nehi? Nehi was like, I do do that. The walls of my people. The you know? And he was so burdened by it that the king was like, you know what? Anything you need to rebuild those walls, I'll give them to you. But you know, I just keep asking myself that out of everybody that was there, why was it Nehemiah that could envision that wall being rebuilt? Everybody was like, whoa, they have taken us captive. 
Tiwati Bawa is okay, we're done, man. Let's just go to another place. Let's figure out our lives, you know? But Nehemiah was like, no. And what I love about his story is that he was so undercover. You guys have to go and read Nehemiah, please. He was so undercover. He just went jeje to Jerusalem. He didn't tell anybody. He went in the, maybe like in the night, you know. He was all undercover trying to figure out how to rebuild the walls. When he had now figured it out, he now went back and started to recruit people. But the beauty of this just shows you that when you have a vision, right? So there are different, obviously different types of stories and different kinds of circumstances. But in his case, he didn't share his vision with everybody. Hey, guys, oh, guess what? Hey, God has given me vision. Me, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to rebuild the walls of our fathers. And then all the haters will now come and stop you from rebuilding the walls because your mouth was too big. Literally, he kept it a secret. And even when he was trying to be distracted, he was so focused on his vision. So part of what I'm going to speak about later will be the things that you should, you know, kind of carry along with your vision. You know, things like courage, things like sometimes you have to just be quiet. Even though I know you want to tell all your friends you're going to get married next year because God showed you a vision, maybe you should just be quiet because, I don't know, maybe it's not for everybody to here or for you to announce to the whole world or like Joseph go and tell your brothers hey guys you're gonna bow to me man and they're like oh really how about we kill you first so the point is you know sometimes you have to just keep your vision in your heart as in the case of Nehemiah please read his story it's an excellent 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 story Esther how did Esther just imagine that she could free people I already spoke about her um, earlier talking about being I mean how do you just think that you can free a whole nation of people it starts in your heart it's all about the vision same thing with Moses. There's a promised land somewhere. You currently don't see anything that looks like promise around you, but God is telling you that, oh, there's a land flowing with milk and honey, and you're like, really? And you want me to carry all these people who, by the way, I didn't even grow up with. I don't even know there because I grew up in the palace. Do you understand? But the guy had a vision in his heart, and nobody was going to stop him. So once again, I want us to know that even with all these stories I've given, if you kind of focus on them, you would see that most of these people were also yearning for God. They were following God. So it wasn't about, oh, you know, this thing, this thing, this thing. It was about yearning for God and God laying something in their hearts that he then created them for, which then goes on to your purpose, right? So it's ultimately like building, building blocks to your purpose. Okay. Now I have a quick case study. Who likes case studies here? Anybody here went to business school? Okay, nobody. Okay, all right. Okay, with one person in front, but she's shy. You should be proud of it. You went to business school. Okay, so I have a quick case study of grasshoppers versus giants mentality. And I'm using nobody other than my two friends, Joshua and Caleb. How many people like Joshua and Caleb? I mean, ah, I like Joshua and Caleb. They are like my homies. I don't know how those guys, ah, man, talk about visioning. People were seeing giants. They were like, nope, we see a land flowing with milk and honey, we can't overtake them. Let me not digress. So let's go to Numbers 13, please. Numbers 13, 25 to 33. Numbers 13, 25 to 33. I'm going to read from the screen because I don't have it up. Please, now help my my cause this evening, sir. Help me, please. Okay, thank you. Okay, so we're starting from when they had already gone to spy the land and they had come back. So, you know, the spies that had been sent, the Israelites that had been sent to spy the land had now come back. And this was their report when they got back. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of 
Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back words to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So at this point, so they had gotten grapes from the land that were so big that they could be, like, like two people had to carry the grapes. I mean, grapes that were so big, like, wow. You know, so they were showing them, you know, what they had brought back from the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. Can you guys imagine a land that flows with milk and honey? God knows I can't. Anybody here can? You can help me if you can, because I, I've, I, I've really been trying. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Anak is a giant. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature, also known as giants. So while they were, you know, giving the, you know, negative reports, Caleb suddenly just says, ah, stop. Let us go forth and overcome it. How, like, like how? Like how did Caleb, when everybody else, guys, imagine you are with a huge group of people. This is not like just 10 people who, and everybody is like, no, it can, there are giants in that place. Everything there is scary. In fact, I imagine that on their trip back from the land of milk and honey, they were saying so many negative things that even if you were positive, you'd be like, well, let me just join them and be scared because really, there's no hope. But these guys, they were just relentless. They were like, no, that land is for us. It's flowing with milk and honey. And the beautiful thing about this is that, well, I don't know if it's beautiful actually. No, not, not the beautiful thing is that in their own sites, they were grasshoppers. There was actually a scripture. There was a, um, this version didn't say that, but there's a version that says that in their own sites, they were as grasshoppers. Do we know what grasshoppers are? Grasshoppers are, are just like little measly creatures. Like you can step on them and they will die. Do you understand? Like they are not even like cockroaches that will even be running. They can't even run. You know, they are like just there trying to fade into the background. And these guys saw themselves as grasshoppers. Now, if you envision yourself as a grasshopper, please, what are you? Are you not a grasshopper? Please don't envision yourself as a grasshopper because that's just, I mean, that's just left, you know. But while they saw themselves as grasshoppers, two people out of the whole mix saw themselves as able to overcome the land. They saw victory when others saw defeat. And you know, for that reason, they were able to actually make it to the promised land. So everybody else didn't make it. And they made it. And you know, for me, that, that just shows like the power of visioning. Because you could actually see the promised land, you know, not you know, as a physical land. You could see it as anything. You could see it as, you know, as your career. You could see it as your future. You could see it as so many things that God has promised you. But everybody around you is being contrary. You know, let's just use Nigeria as the excellent case study for, for the moment. Because every, everybody is relocating. Um, Nigeria is currently not the promised land. And there are some of you here that God has told you, stay in Nigeria. How many people has God said, don't, don't lie. God has told you to stay in Nigeria. I'm one of them. Ha! Eh? No, one person raised her hand. Is, that you? Is it just two of us? You know what? We're Joshua and Caleb. It's okay, bro. We're going to make it happen. It's okay. It's okay. We don't need all of you. We're going to be all right. But the point is, you know, right now, 
Nigeria is not the promised land. Do you understand? And for some people, God has told you, you are not going anywhere. And if you make mistake and you go, when you go to where people are enjoying milk and honey, you, you'll be eating crackers. No, that's what happens. You know that that's actually what happens, right? When it comes to visioning. Don't go where God did not send you. You will see all your friends, your family, they are living in Palatia Mansion. You are, you are like, but I don't understand. Why am I still jumping bus? That's actually what happens when you go where God did not send you. So the promised land is not just about, you know, a land. It's about so many things. But the ultimate thing is that all of us here have a promised land. All of us here have something that God has promised us, God has laid in our heart. And we need to focus on it and not jump with the rest of the bandwagon. So please don't see yourself as a, gra as a grasshopper because you will not enter into the fullness of what God has called you that way. So essentially, those that are able to envision all that God has promised them are the ones who achieve all that he has called them to be. Okay, so let's get right into it, right? So why should we create a vision board, right? Why? Um, there's a scripture that we all know. It says, write the vision, make it plain, right? What does that mean? It means sometimes you just have to write something down for you to be able to focus on it. Now, let's be honest, in a day-to-day, -day, like day-to-day -day of life, you know, how, how many of us have ever had a plan and maybe by like six weeks after or even, the, <laughs> or, or even two weeks after, that plan is like dead because everything around you is just killing that plan. Sometimes you have to write things down for you to actually execute them. Um, another thing is that it centers you and it acts as a guide for you. It keeps you focused in the world of many, many, many distractions. And lastly, it keeps you focused on God's promises, on seeing yourself as a giant and not as a grasshopper. So those are some of the reasons for a vision board. Now, how do we create one? So I'm, I'm just going to give you, give you these steps because we can't do them um, here. But you can probably just do them by yourself using these steps. So the first thing about a vision board for me is that it's a spiritual exercise, right? So everything about creating a vision board is between you and God. It's so, for instance, I can't copy Bimbo's vision board. I can't copy your vision. I mean, I can, but I'll be making declarations over your over your vision, as in over God's vision for you. Does that really make any sense? As in, ah, God, I'm going to, sorry, sir, what's your name? What's your name, sir? Dozier. So I'm going to take Dozier. I'm just going to copy Dozier's vision board. And I'm going to be like, God, I really like Dozier. I want to be like him. This is, <laughs> this is my vision board. Is it going to happen? But then how many of us know that we actually copy people's vision board? Leave vision board. We copy people's lives. Everybody in my family got married by 25. Now I'm 25 and a half and I'm still single. No. The next guy I meet, I must marry him. And then we now start doing funny things, you know. <laughs> Dozier is laughing. Maybe it's happened to him before. Because when he's laughing, it's like deep inside him. You know, but we actually copy, copy people's vision. Somebody's career went a certain way. Your own career is going this way. No, 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 no. That guy is my role model and I'm following him all the way. My own is going this way, that means that my life is finished. And then we get into depression and sadness because we think that somebody else's vision is our vision. Please, all of us here, there's a vision for your life that God has made, for your own life, not anybody else's, your own pastoral vision. So when you're creating your vision board, it's a spiritual exercise. You don't copy from anybody, you don't do copy. That's not what you know, start spying like we used to do in, I, well, I never did that, you know, because I didn't have to. Are you, who's laughing at me? Olamide, I take that very seriously. Like, why are you, like, you thought, I used to, I didn't copy, I didn't have to. I was okay to get a C if I didn't know it. Do you understand? <laughs> oh, dear. Actually, I'm trying to think about, no, let me just, Felicia, just move. Don't do it. Okay, so it's all about you and God when you're creating your vision board. So what I tend to do whenever I'm creating my vision board is I get into a zone. You know, all that fine worship music, the band, we're playing. Let's give it up for the band. The band is also awesome. Isn't the band at Life Point awesome? On a Sunday, on a any day you come, they are just fantastic. Thank you, guys. So you get yourself into the zone with some worship. 
with some worship music, right? And then you start the exercise. So the first thing that you do is, remember that it's between you and God, you, you pray to him. You know that before he formed you, right? He knew you, right? Do we all know that scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11? If you don't, put it in the middle of your vision board. That one you can copy. That one is a standard one for all of us. Before he knew you and you, before he formed you, sorry, he knew you. That's one. Number two, like, well, I, I think I've already said this. So you kind of get into the zone and, and dig deep, right? Now, I have different categories that I like to create my own vision board with personally. So you can use these or you can take out the ones that you don't like and change them. So the first one is well, well-being and health. The second one is achievement slash success. The third one is contentment and peace. The, thir- the fourth one is career or business. So if you're a business person, do business. If you're a career person, do career. If you're in full-time ministry, then do ministry. Friendships is another one. Spiritual is another one. Then personal slash spiritual development. Then finances. Then fun, recreation, and rest. Then family and home. Then dating relationship or marriage, not and or, because you cannot be dating and also married in Jesus' mighty name. So dating relationship or marriage. Please pick one. Don't do both. And then with all these different categories, you get in the zone with God and you just ask him, like, so God, 2020 is around the corner. You know, 2020, by the way, is a turn of a decade. I think it's such an important year. So I would like for all of us to really, you know, get serious about envisioning for 2020. Just get in the zone with God and ask him that. So God, oh yeah, well-being and health, what's up? What's your plan for me for 2020? And the, the truth is that when you start talking to God, he actually starts showing you pictures. So whenever I do this, so if you're using magazines as an example, when you're going to the magazines, you will just see pictures that are jumping at you. Not literally jumping at you, but you get what I mean, right? Like that's, you know, it's like me, pick me, pick me. I'm your vision for 2020 health. Go to the gym, follow three times a week. Ha ha ha. Okay, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, things like that. So you see the images and then you start cutting them out. You could also do it online. So I, I like to do, I'm a geek, so I like to do a digital vision board. So I look for pictures online and the ones that jump out at me, I put them under each of the different categories, right? So then you now start, oh, also thoughts. God might also drop scriptures in your heart. He might drop phrases in your heart. He might drop things that have happened in the past in your heart, all those things. Write them and put them together. And you put them all together and you have a beautiful image of different pictures and things. Um, So I like to create a digital one because, like I said, I'm a bit of a geek. And I also put it as my screensaver. So my phone is fiery, but if I had my phone, I'd have shown it to you. My vision board for 2019 has been my screensaver for the whole entire year. So whenever I'm going like this and I unlock my phone and I see I'm like, ah, don't forget, girl. Don't forget. Don't let Lagos get you down. Don't let screaming kids, you know, like just kind of focus on what God has asked you to do. And what happens with a vision board that I personally have noticed, because I've been doing them now for three years, is that even the things that seemed far for you, when they come around you, you almost start connecting to them, right? So there are some crazy things that God can tell you. Like, um, God can tell you that you're going to be, you're an event designer, aren't you? God can tell you that next year, bimbo, I really feel like you're going to design an event in Asso Rock, as an example. And right now you're like, sure. But then you should have put the picture there. Mm, let me try to put it here. Asso Rock. And then maybe you meet somebody next year, June, and the person is like, oh, I work for the president. What happens is that you will now be like, oh, do you understand? Like, it's almost like things start to happen that start to connect it together. Or you might even meet a random person that says, oh, I'm actually working on an event at Astro Rock. I'm designing something, 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 something. Would you like to help me? Ordinarily, you might have said, ah, I can't do it, or it's too big for me. But when you know that God has told you, you're like, yes, I can do it. And even if you are scared, you won't feel like a grasshopper because God has told you that what? 
you are a giant. So the point is that when you have it on there, it, you know, it, keeps, it serves as a reminder of the things that God is trying to do through you, in you, and all that good stuff. So that's really how to create a vision board. Um, if you guys have any questions when you're trying to create yours, you can feel free to ask me, and I'll do my best to answer them. Um, I think that ultimately, when it comes to visioning, it's something that is so important for all of us to do. Because, like I said, you start attracting all those things. You know, there's a law of attraction, it's called. And it essentially just means that all of a sudden, the things that were far reaching from you, you're just like, ah, how is it that all these things have been around me all this while? And I had no clue. And now that God has told me this is going on my vision board, all of a sudden, I'm seeing it. Maybe it's even the person that you are serving with in church that maybe God wants you, either you to help or them to help you. And you had zero clue. Because you were just living your life like, oh, yes, life is great every day. But then suddenly, you are connecting with people that you had no idea who they were. And they are right next to you. You know, they're in your church, they're in your office, you know, and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's really how to do it. Um, I want us to pray because I also believe that strongly that when we are trying to create vision boards or we're trying to envision generally, that we really just need to just zone into the Holy... Like, you need to just zone into heaven and just download directly from God. Now, the other thing also is that God might show you something that is not for the immediate, right? God can show you something that's for 10 years from now or 20 years from now. But the point is that you are working towards that thing. And you might not even realize it, but once you put it down on paper... Once you have put it down, suddenly, even your heart now knows, okay, this is something that, you know, is possible in my life. So I would like for us to pray. Um, we're going to pray with a few scriptures. I have about, yeah, I have a few scriptures. And then I will just kind of pray about other things as well. So before we start praying, um, let me quickly just add this. With those in the Bible, in the good book that had, that were able to envision and see into the future, and kind of do the things that everybody around them thought was crazy, but they still did it anyway. There were a few things that they had. So they were very, very courageous people, you know, just like Nehemiah and Joshua and Caleb and them. Um, they understood the value of people and connections. Nobody here is an island. You might think that you are, but you're not. You need people, right? You need connections. All those people realized that, that they needed people and the help of other people to achieve their vision. They were very um, discerning and were able to spot distractors, distractors, right? So people around you that are just trying to, you know, distract you from your, from your vision. A an example is God says that you should leave a job. And then the day that you, you want to resign, um, you get a call from your boss that he wants to increase your salary by five million naira a year. <laughs> hey, people are laughing at me. I can see the people they're like that one, that vision will just change it for God quickly. <laughs> you can't do that, please, sir. You know, that's a distractor, actually. Because you, you don't know if God is taking you to 20 million or even you understand? Like you actually don't know. So that's a distractor. So if it's happening to you now, focus. Another thing about them is that they were focused people, they were focused on their goal. That's actually why I like vision boards, because vision boards keep you focused. When you look at your vision board, there's no way that it will not focus you. If you're just going like this, it would remind you of the things that you're supposed to be doing. There were also people that prepared, right? So there was an element of preparation. So every single thing that, that you are doing in your life right now on a day-to-day -day basis is ultimately preparing you for what God wants to do in your life and use you to do as well. Um, I already said that they were discerning. Lastly, some of them were quite articulate. So I like the fact that with a lot of those guys in the Bible, so with Joshua and Caleb, Nehemiah, they were able to articulate what was doing them. Like Nehemiah, yes, you know, he was sad and down and was telling the king that, oh, you know, he was sad and depressed because of the war. But he was able to say 
what exactly it was that was doing him, you know. So being able to also kind of speak about what's going on with you and being able to articulate it is also something else. Um, everybody that we've spoken about are people that saw beyond what their eyes could see, right? They could, I mean, be, sorry, beyond what their physical eyes could see, but their spiritual eyes clearly saw more, even though they didn't realize it. So I want us to um, start by praying for our spiritual eyes. So let's start by praying for our spiritual eyes. Let's just thank God for the gift of our eyes. Let's thank him even more for the gift of our spiritual eyes because our spiritual eyes are so much more powerful than our physical eyes. Father, we thank you for the gift of our eyes. We thank you for our hearts. We thank you for our spiritual eyes. We thank you because they are alert. Let's thank him. Let's thank him for all that he is downloading into us right now even. Let's thank him for the things that he's downloading into our hearts that our spiritual eyes can see even though our physical eyes cannot see. And if there's anything that God is laying on your heart, please write it down, you know, or type it into your phone because I really believe that God is going to download a lot of things into our hearts that our spiritual eyes will begin to attach themselves to. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Blan, can we please have some soft some soft music please oh thank you thank you father we thank you for our spiritual eyes father we thank you for all that you're downloading into your sons and daughters right now lord we thank you because we know that even when we have left this place you will continue to speak to us through our spiritual eyes and not only would you speak to us lord that we would catch on to every single thing that you're saying father we thank you for the power of vision father we thank you because you have created us to be visionary you have created us to dream to imagine to think big you have not created us to be like grasshoppers, but as giants, Lord. We thank you, Lord, because we know that our spiritual eyes are wide open and that we begin to see even the things that we never saw before. The opportunities, the ways that you want us to go, Lord, the ideas, all those things, Lord, begin to drop into our spirits in the mighty name of Jesus. I believe that there are so many ideas that God is going to drop into our hearts. Ideas for businesses, ideas even for our jobs, for solutions, ideas for breakthrough, ideas to make our nation a better place, to make our communities a better place. Father, we thank you. Father, Lord, for everybody here, Daddy, we just thank you for, for our eyes, for the light of heaven that has shed upon our hearts. Lord, we see clearly. We thank you, Lord, because your light floods our hearts fully and we begin to see even the things that we could not see before in Jesus name Amen Proverbs 19.21 says many are the plans in a person's heart but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails God, what is in your heart for us? Father, we ask you tonight that you show us what is in your heart for us, that you begin to reveal to us, Lord, all the great and mighty things that you want us to know at this stage in our lives, Lord. We don't want to live as ordinary people just going about day to day. We want to live as visionary people, as focused people, as people who have vision. Father, we thank you because all the plans in our heart, Lord, we submit them to you and only your purpose will prevail in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that your light is shed above our hearts in Jesus mighty name and we begin to see even beyond what our eyes can see Father we thank you Father we thank you in Jesus name Proverbs 2 verses 6 to 8 says all wisdom, all wisdom comes from the Lord and so do common sense and understanding Father we begin to ask you right now for the wisdom to you know just put together all these things that you are downloading into our hearts 
you know, there's a wisdom that it takes for you to act. The wisdom that Nehemiah had, that he did not say a word to anybody about his vision. You know, the wisdom that Mordecai had when he went to Esther and asked her to go on and save her people. You know, that there's a wisdom that is needed for you to really walk in that vision and that purpose that God has created you for. Let's begin to ask God for a download of wisdom. Let's ask him for wisdom like Solomon. Father Lord, we ask you for supernatural wisdom right now. We ask you for eyes of understanding that we have common sense and understanding that we do not speak when we should not speak. That we do not do what you don't ask us to do. That we don't go where you don't ask us to go. We come against every single vision killer in the mighty name of Jesus. Anything around us that is a vision killer, that we halt its, its, its power over our lives and we begin to declare that we have vision that sees far. We come against every single vision killer. We begin to declare that wisdom helps us avoid vision killers. Thank you, Father Lord, for your wisdom, for your wisdom that flows into our hearts and into our minds, that guides us, that serves as a guide for us in Jesus' name. Acts 17, um, verse 28a says, For in him we live and move and exist. In him we have our being. Let's thank him because in him indeed we have our being. You know, God is at the center of our purpose. God is at the center of every single thing that we're talking about this month. Let's begin to just thank him because we know that in him we move and have our being. But you know, there's a way that we can live our lives that would seem as though we are not in him and having our being. Let's pray that we are steadily in him and in him we have our being. That we do not try to have our being in ourselves but that we have he, have them in him in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's pray that the Lord anchors us such that it is only in him that we have our being. We don't have our being in random things, in random occurrences, you know. We don't have our being in our job, you know, in our marriage, in our children, in our parents. We have our being in God. Thank him because in him you have your being. And I know that he will keep us all focused in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father Lord, because in you we have our being. In you we have our being in Jesus' mighty name. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. We're going to commit all these things that we've been talking about unto the Lord right now. Begin to commit every single thing unto him. The visions that he's been laying in your heart, you know, the things that he's been nudging you about, commit them all to him. Because when you've committed them all to him, he will have his way in them and his ways are always the right way. Begin to commit every single thing to him. Commit every area of your life to him. Commit your career to him. Commit your health. Commit your friendships, your relationships, every single thing. Your finances, yes, Father, we commit every single thing unto you right now. Our vision, our hearts, our whole entire lives. We lay our lives before you and we say, Father, have your way. Only you know the right way that each of one of us is supposed to go. We are not copycats. We are fully in you and we are committed to you, Jesus. Father, we thank you because we know that you will establish all the plans that you have laid on our hearts because those plans come from you in Jesus' name. Lastly, the Word of God in Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Let's begin to pray that we are not people without revelation. Begin to declare upon yourself, call your name and say that you are a person of revelation. You are a person of vision. You are a person on a mission. That you are a focused person. That you don't just walk around the earth, you know, mindlessly or just, you know, going on a path that you think is right when the Lord has not given it to you. Begin to declare that you are a person of revelation. You are a person of 
of revelation in the mighty name of Jesus. And that you heed wisdom's instructions at all times. Every single instruction that wisdom gives you from heaven, that you heed it, that you heed it. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you because every single thing that we have heard tonight has not fallen on deaf ears. Lord, we pray that as you have sent your word forth, that your word will go and do its thing in our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Father, Lord, make us visionary people. Make us your visionary sons and daughters. Let us do all the things, Lord, that you have created us to do. Let there be nothing missing, nothing broken concerning our lives. Lord, when we end, when our lives come to an end, let us hear those words from you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because we have done every single thing that you sent us to this earth to do in Jesus' name we come against every single thing that would attempt to kill our vision or you know redirect us or confuse us lord and we declare that the wisdom the wisdom from heaven above is upon each and every life here in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen 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 thank you amen thank you for listening to a message from the life point church to download more free messages please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.com